0: It's that knock on the door. This is the knock of that opportunity. Maybe you've missed a few, and maybe you've taken advantage of others. But what you do with the
1: opportunities
0: you've been given will determine how you make the moments in your life count.
1: And we look back sometimes and we say, man, I missed out on that opportunity. The neat thing about opportunities is that they keep on coming.
0: Welcome to Anchor Points, a program produced by Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. Here, we hope you'll find answers to some of life's everyday struggles. You can learn more at fredericksdachurch.org. Today, Robert Quintana shares three guiding principles to help you take advantage of the opportunities God has given you. In part four of Make It Count.
1: One of the most popular sports in Cuba contrary to most people's opinion, is not swimming. (laughs) Some of you got that. But one of the most popular sports in Cuba is boxing. Uh, For years, uh, Cuba has put out some great boxers. And having grown up in a Cuban home, Cuban culture, it's one thing that as a child I remember doing on a regular basis is watching boxing events on TV, Now, when I was growing up, you know, late 70s, during the 80s, boxing was huge. I mean, you had guys like Sugar Ray Leonard. You know, you had uh, Manos de Piedra. Anybody know his name? Roberto Durán. That's right. And so I grew up watching these guys. And uh, I quickly learned that rooting for the underdog was great. For some reason, my mom always rooted for the underdog. Uh, You know, a guy can get pummeled in the first round and the second round. She'd be rooting for him. Come on, come on. And it's interesting. I think there's something within human nature to want to root for the underdog. Uh, It's one of the reasons why I love the Olympics, because usually leading up to a certain event, they have this touching story about an individual, a man or a woman, their upbringing, everything that they had to go through against all odds. And here they are now at the pinnacle of their sport, and they're about to win gold, and it's so exciting to root for the underdog, isn't it? And uh, I remember countless times the man was Down and out in the first round, second round, in the third round, you see a little glimpse of maybe he can win, and then the fourth round, he got pummeled again, and then into the fifth and sixth round, and then seventh and eighth round, they start making their comeback, and it's so exciting to see someone come from behind and win. Now, don't get me wrong. I love rooting for winners. But there is something within us that just loves rooting for the underdog. And I think it's because deep down inside, we sense that this individual, this woman or this man, this child who is now exceeding at the highest level, we sense that even though everything was going against them, they seized an opportunity and they're making that opportunity count. They're making it worth something. They're taking advantage of the opportunity that's been given to them. You know, we have been treated to some great underdog stories here recently in the last few months. I'm going to start with Tim Tebow, a huge underdog. It seems like he's always been an underdog. Right through college, they said he would never win a national championship and he wins a national championship. They said you'll never win the Heisman Trophy and he wins the Heisman Trophy. Going into the pros, into the NFL, they said you'll never be a good NFL quarterback. And well, I guess good is up for, you know, discussion here because he really doesn't have the best technique. He, he really doesn't have what you would say, that is an NFL quarterback, but you know what? He takes advantage of the opportunities that has been placed before him, and he gives it his all, he gives it his best, and as a result, he won most of the games that he played this last season. And I know, I know there are a lot of Steeler fans here today, and you are still hurt about that first-round playoff loss. I know, but there again... Everyone said he, there is no way that Tim Tebow can win this game. He's going up against the number one defense, but Tim Tebow took advantage of the opportunity that was placed before him and he made the most of it. You know, this series we've been talking about stewardship, and I've said this several times already, that stewardship is not about acquiring more. Stewardship is about taking what we've been given and making the most of it, is taking what God has given us and making it count. We've talked about words, the words that we use, that we should make our words count. The words that God has given us, take those words and make it count. We've talked about time. Taking our time, the time that God has given us. Everyone's been given 24 hours in a day. Take that time and make it count. Make the most of it. Today, we're going to talk about opportunities. Taking the opportunities that God gives us and making the most of it. Making those opportunities count. Now, opportunities come almost every day. We have opportunities every day. And, you know, sometimes because of our choices, little choices that we make day by day, we are, we are then granted or afforded great opportunities in life. But sometimes opportunities come when we're least expecting it. It just kind of falls on our lap. And sometimes, there, you know, we only recognize an opportunity after it's too late. I want to quote to you Mark Twain. He says, I was seldom able to see An opportunity until it had ceased to be one. How many of you feel like Mark Twain? You know, sometimes we look back and we say, man, I should have taken advantage of that opportunity that I was given. It just passed. And some of us say, man, if only I knew then what I know now, I would have taken better advantage of the opportunity that I had to spend time with my children when my children were still at home. Or man, I wish I, I, I can just rewind because I would have taken better advantage of the opportunity that I had to be a loving husband and a patient husband when I was still married. And we look back sometimes and we say, man, I missed out on that opportunity. Some of us might say, man, I missed out on the opportunity to go to school, to go to college. Or some of us might say, I should have taken better advantage of the opportunity that I had while I was in school to learn more and get better grades. Even though right now you might feel as though some opportunities have passed you by, the neat thing about opportunities is that they keep on coming opportunities will keep on coming your way. And see, you might feel, man, I missed out on that opportunity. That's true. We can live and learn, but I don't want you living in the past because I don't want you to miss out on the opportunities. They are coming because that's the neat thing about opportunities is that they just keep on coming. And so, what I want to share with you here today are three guiding principles that will help you take advantage of the opportunities that God brings your way. Three guiding principles that will help you make those opportunities in your life count. In other words, if you keep these three guiding principles kind of floating around in the back of your mind and you apply these guiding principles, you will see that you will take the most advantage of the opportunities in your life. And so guiding principle number one, glorify God. Guiding principle number one, in order to take advantage of the opportunities that come your way, is glorify God. Let me share this story with you, and hopefully it'll help illustrate what I mean. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 5. I'm reading from the New King James Version today. It truly is one of my all-time favorite Old Testament stories. says this, Now Naaman commander of the army of the king of Syria was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but the Bible says he was a leper. So here you have this great man, a man of valor, a mighty man, an intelligent man, someone who knew the art of war. But the Bible says that he had a flaw and that's a pretty big flaw. He was a leper. It says here in verse two, and the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Verse three, then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Now, I think that this is so interesting that here you have this young girl who is captive. She's basically a slave in Naaman's house, and here she's presented with an opportunity. Is she not? She is presented with an opportunity. Now, most of us here, including myself, would say, you know what? She has every reason in the world not to take advantage of this opportunity and glorify God every reason she's been taken away from her home, she's been stripped away from her friends and family, why should she take advantage of this opportunity and glorify God? But what does she do? She takes that opportunity and despite all the odds, here you have a true underdog, despite all the odds, she says, I am going to take this opportunity to glorify God. And this needs to be a guiding principle for all of us. Here's a better way of maybe understanding how to apply this principle to your life. Whenever you're faced with a decision, ask yourself, how can I glorify God? How can I use this opportunity to glorify God? You see, because when this young girl got the news that that she was serving someone who was a leper, she was faced with a decision. She had an opportunity She could have stayed silent, but instead she chose to allow this guiding principle to decide for her what she should do. And so she chose to glorify God with her decision. And it says here in verse three, we'll read it again. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Verse four, and Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send the letter to the King of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now remember that here the king of Syria has just gone through several raids of Israel, right? I mean, he's gone, he's gone through some raids, he's taken some captives back, and now he's saying, man, there's actually someone in Israel that can help, you know, my commander in chief, my my military intelligence, I can have someone help him? And so he humbles himself, he writes this letter to the king of Israel, and he says, can you help Naaman out? And this is how the letter reads. It says, now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman, my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. Now, the king of Israel has an opportunity, does he not? He has an opportunity to, if we're applying this this principle, he has an opportunity to what? Glorify God taking advantage of an opportunity that has just fallen on his lap because a young girl took advantage of an opportunity to glorify God. And so now the king of Israel has this opportunity now. What do you think he does with it? Uh, Maybe the better question is, what would you do with that opportunity? Well, his response is in verse 7. It says, and it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. And so he does not take advantage of this opportunity to glorify God. Instead, he gets mad. He gets upset. He says, who does this guy think He is. (laughs) But when Elisha heard the news, what do you think Elisha did? Do you think Elisha responded the same way? Or do you think that Elisha took advantage of an opportunity to glorify God? His response is in verse eight. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, what are you thinking? Are we not going to take advantage of this opportunity that we have to glorify God? I mean, are you crazy? And so he says here, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. In other words, bring him my way. I'm taking advantage of this opportunity to lift the name of God. I am taking the opportunity here to glorify God. Elisha took advantage of an opportunity that was presented to him. And a guiding principle in Elijah's thinking was, how can I glorify God? Because Elisha knew That by having that guiding principle in your life, how can I glorify God? How can I glorify God? Elisha knows that with that mentality, you will take advantage to the utmost, the opportunities that God brings your way. And so as a result, you know, you can read the rest of the story. Naaman goes to Elisha's house and they interact and, and, uh, And finally, Naaman is healed of his leprosy. Can you imagine what a witness, what a testimony for Naaman going back to Syria? I mean, just imagine the the impact that that had. And so the first guiding principle to taking advantage of the opportunities that God brings your way is to glorify him. Ask yourself, in this opportunity, in this decision that I'm making, how can I glorify him? Because if you have that thinking, if you have that mentality, you will take advantage to the utmost the opportunities that God brings your way. Now, here's another principle, a guiding principle that should help you take advantage of the opportunities that God brings your way. Do the right thing. You see, day in and day out, we are presented with opportunities, decisions that we need to make. And a guiding principle needs to be doing the right thing. Now, I want you to keep your finger there in Second Kings because we're going to come back to that. But I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel. Book of Daniel, chapter one, we read a story here of some young men who chose to do the right thing. They were presented with an opportunity and they chose what? To do the right thing. Daniel chapter one, starting with verse five. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. Verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would do the right thing. That's uh, Q's commentary there that he would do the right thing. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portions of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now here, very simple. Daniel and his friends decided that what? They were going to do the right thing. An opportunity was presented to them and they understood that in order to take advantage of this opportunity, I need to do the right thing. And we are faced with opportunities every day to do the right thing. Every day, whether we're in school, whether we're at work, whether we're at home, we are given the opportunity day in and day out to do the right thing. And all I'm saying today, is that if you wanna take advantage of the opportunities that God brings your way, do the right thing. Whether it's a business transaction, whether it's um, a, a report that you're writing out for school, whether it's, it's working on the car or spending time with the family, do the right thing. What, what you know to be true, just follow your, follow, step out in faith. Now, I told you to keep your finger in 2 Kings. I want you to go back to 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 20. Because here is a story of someone who, when given an opportunity, didn't do the right thing. Verse 20 says, but Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, look, my master has spared Naaman, this, this Syrian, while not receiving from his hands, but he brought, but as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. After Naaman had been healed, Naaman wanted to give an offering. But Elisha said, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna take this offering from you. What I do is for the Lord. I, I glorify God. That's what I do with my opportunities. I'm not gonna make money off of this. Well, his servant wasn't very happy with that. His servant is seeing dollar signs. Man, we had an opportunity to make some cash. You see how that driving principle can lead you into trouble? You see how that guiding principle will not allow you to take advantage of the opportunities? If that is what you're thinking, man, we need to make money. We need to make money. And that's your driving principle. I'm telling you, you're not going to take advantage of the opportunities that God gives you. If you really want to take advantage of the the opportunities that God sends your way, glorify him. If you really want to take advantage of the opportunities that God gives you, do the right thing. And so here it says in verse 21, so Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw him running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? In verse 22, and he said, all is well. My master has sent me, not true, saying, indeed, just now two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim, not true. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of garment, not true. And so here he goes after Naaman, spits out all of these lies. He's not doing the right thing. He saw an opportunity, but he's not doing the right thing. What do you think happened here to the servant? Well, not good. Uh, We're going to jump down to verse 25. Uh, Elisha, here in verse 25, it says, now he went in and stood before his master Elisha, said to him, where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, now listen, here he's given another opportunity to what? Do the right thing. But here, unfortunately, he did not choose to do the right thing when this opportunity presented itself to him. And so he responded and said, your servant did not go anywhere. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything. Apparently he missed a part earlier where it says that Elisha was a man of God. Uh, because here in verse 26, it says, then he said to him, did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing, olive groves and vineyard sheep and oxen, male and female servants? Verse 27, therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence leprous as white as snow. He didn't take full advantage of the opportunity that he was given to glorify God and to do the right thing. And if you go down that road, if you go down that road, it will ultimately end in your destruction. And so here's the third guiding principle that we need to apply to our lives if we want to take advantage of the opportunities that God has given us. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter five, verse 13 and 14. It says this, for you, brethren have been called to liberty. In other words, through Jesus Christ, we experience freedom. We we experience the freedom um, that the chains of, of bondage have been taken away. And so we have been called to a life of liberty. And then he says here, only do not use this liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. In other words, don't use this freedom that you have for an opportunity to indulge the flesh. No, 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 no. What does he say? He says, instead, use this freedom. And whenever you have opportunity, right? He says, but through love, serve one another. Verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so here we're being taught. That if you want to take advantage of the opportunities that God brings your way, one of the guiding principles in your life needs to be, how can I serve others? And so the three guiding principles that should drive this, the three guiding principles that will help us take advantage, full advantage of the opportunities that God brings our way. What are they? Glorify God. Glorify God. Do the right thing. Whenever possible, just purpose in your heart, I'm, I'm going to do the right thing. And then number three, w- what are you going to do? Serve others. If you do those three things, you will find yourself taking full advantage of the opportunities that God has brought your way. Anchor
0: Points with Robert Quintana is a ministry of the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to share it with a friend. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or at fredericksdachurch.org. Next week, we hope you can listen in as Robert Quintana begins a new series of messages about God's plan for your life, even when you're not sure what your plan is, in Mission Possible. Also, If you're wanting to learn more about how to begin a life change or just wanting more answers, we'd love to talk with you. Feel free to visit us online and check out some of our resources at fredericksdachurch.org. You can also call us during the week at 301-662-5254. We're located right between I-70 and Route 15 on Jefferson Pike. Our main service takes place Saturdays at 11 a.m., and we'd love for you to join us sometime. Remember, God loves you and wants you to live out his purpose.